All right. So my browser did not play our intro music, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. What's up, possums? Today, we have Dynasty tight end rankings for you. Um, so, Josh, Billy, what's up? That kind of threw me off a little bit. <laughs> it's just it's just great to have a nice technical difficulty to start out the pod. Just it just makes us feel like we're like we're starting to actually act our age around technology. Like, oh dang old computer didn't do the computer sound. I'm doing good. It's the, uh, it's the off season. That's what it is. I mean, the off season comes for technology for us every year, it feels like. Oh yeah. A good old off season. Really now this yeah, is the time where it just turned black. My screen just I turned just black love... and it didn't didn't play anything. It was weird. I just love that. Anyway, I, Josh, I just love this I'm time sorry. of year, though. Season's starting off, or the the off season starting off, and you get to like start thinking about those trades that you're going to make. And I think this this should help you at least a little bit. Um, well, I mean, we just came from a year where we weren't even sure if there was going to be three tight ends, much less twelve of them. And these rankings are phenomenal comparatively to where we were at the beginning of the season for with tight ends. Tight ends kind of jumped off the board after you know mid-season and i'm just really happy to have enough to even fill this you know 30 to 45 minutes but much less actually talk highly about some of these tight ends yeah i was just thinking back to last year we were kind of worried about the position as a whole because like we passed like the first, top six or seven we just didn't believe in the position anymore um back at the end of last season and just this season has really like just given a big revitalization to the position where we can actually feel comfortable ranking 20 tight ends. Like, I mean, some of these guys at the end may lose their job. May, they may draft a, um, I mean, there's a top 10 tight end coming in in the draft of the season. So maybe, you know, one of these guys loses their jobs, but like for the most part, this is the most comfortable I have felt with this position in like four or five years. Yeah. It's not the I graveyard we're used to. Yeah, why is it always the tight ends that like uh you know have a starting job that get the rookie star drafted to the team? Like one of these tight ends we're talking about is probably gonna have the big name tight end get drafted to his team. And then Oh, I'm just waiting for it. I know what team it's gonna be. We're gonna get to him because we're this team just collects talent, wastes it, but I have a feeling I know where he's headed because he plays at Georgia right now, so where else, you know, in Georgia, you go to the team, the NFL team that's already there, hometown kid. I don't, don't know. Don't that evil that, us, man. I, that's why I haven't said the team, Joe. I haven't said the team. Okay. Well, today we are going to do the top dynasty tied ends for each. Um, we've done each position so far. This is the last position that we're going to do. Um, if anybody wants us to do a dynasty kicker segment, put that in the comments below. Maybe we'll think about it. Um, I'm just joking. Uh, so for the, let's just kick this right off. The number one tight end that we have in dynasty is not Travis Kelsey. It's not any of the people that have been there in the past it is in fact a rookie. And that is Sam Laporta from the Detroit Lions. So Josh, I know you are a big fan of Sam Laporta. So I'm going to let you explain why he's number one in our rankings. Oh, I mean, I, I don't think there's any shadow, shadow of a doubt that he is number one at this point. I mean, listen, we, Obviously, like Kelsey's going to be on this list. We didn't completely boot him from the top 12. He's still a very valuable asset. Maybe the tight end one for the next three years or four years or however long he ends up playing. Uh, but I think this man right here, Sam Laporta, just deserves to be on this list and to be there's deserves to be at the top of this list continuously, uh, uh, just go exceeding all expectations, delivering a three touchdown performance in the first week of the playoffs. Probably got some people to there, you know fantasy semifinals at least or maybe even championships depending on how their uh, leagues were set up 
Um, just happy to see this guy. And honestly, it's not even a touchdown dependent tight end. Um, only nine touchdowns on the year, which is a lot, you know, obviously for a rookie tight end, but um, he's not a, he's getting a touchdown and he's, that's what you're getting out of him. You're getting 770 yards after 15 games, hundred targets already on the season. I mean, it's only going to go up. There's still two more games left to be played as of recording this right now. Um, it's just going to get better and better for this man. And I think that he's going to be a valuable asset. Of course, they'll probably add a wide receiver in the, you know, draft next year and free agency, but I still think Sam Laporta's targets are not even, you know, close to being taken over by anyone else. Yeah, I completely agree with you. The big number there is 22. He is 22 years old. And if we told you that a rookie tight end was going to be top three in a PPR and number one in a standard, you would have laughed at us at the beginning of the year, but that's where we're at. He's going to have some down games due to this offense being absolutely loaded, but he's a set and forget option at tight end, and that's really what you want. Yeah, and I think that I think that the Lions are probably going to lose Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator in this offseason. He's just probably going to get a head coaching job somewhere. I just don't think it's going to affect him at all. I think that as long as Goff's there and as long as this offense is kind of filtered through the passes to Sam Laporta, to the Amon St. Browns, that they're going to continue to cook. And, I, yeah, I don't see how, even if they lose Ben Johnson in the offseason, how that's going to affect him next season because he's still going to be at least a top two target, I think, on this team at all times. Absolutely. Well, and that was a unanimous number one, by the way, too. That was exciting. We we that's rarely rare. have those, but we had a unanimous number one. Um, all right, on to number two on this list is Trey McBride from the Arizona Cardinals. Now, last season when we were doing these rankings, we kind of hesitantly put him at 12, 13, 14, like in that range, because we weren't quite sure what he was going to be able to do. But he has kind of silenced us this year by coming out, taking the position away from Zach Ertz um, in this offense. And as the season's gone on, as Kyler's gotten inserted back into the offense, he has just continued to roll. Trey McBride was a thousand yard receiver in college um, at the tight end position. He was at Colorado State. I, I thought he was going to come in and be this guy. He was not it last year, but this year he's kind of shown exactly the kind of receiver he can be, and he's going to be very valuable, I think, for years to come. So he came in at number two. Yeah, I think the biggest thing about him is the 10-plus targets, nine targets, uh, you know, 14 targets in a game consistently uh, throughout the end uh, stretch of the season. And the thing is, he didn't even take Zach Ertz's spot. Zach Ertz got injured, and Trey McBride was like, yeah, this is mine and I'm not letting it go. And it was very clear. And then Zach Ertz, I guess, relatively got healthy and then was just done. Never could have his job back after Trey McBride took over. And just happy to see him, you know, finally flourish, especially considering he was the tight end one in uh, Dynasty drafts coming out and people were excited. And he just didn't have a role last year. And then this year, breaking out in a big way. And, I mean, being tight end eight on the season after not really playing the first five games is a super impressive feat. And I don't – I could envision him even going higher than that. I mean, he has he's had some pretty good games in the last few weeks, and we're looking forward to seeing him uh, keep continue to flourish. And I just think you're going to be in a good shape because this team is eventually going to be competitive, and we hope next year. So, yeah, I mean, when when Ertz got hurt last year, this is kind of what we were hoping was going to happen, but it didn't really happen. Uh, but this year, he put no doubt in his mind or our minds that he can do it. Kyler loves him now. I do think we're going to see a wide receiver. A lot of people have Marvin Harrison mocked to the Cardinals at the second pick or whatever. 
So they're going to get some talent on that side, but Trey McBride's there to stay. They have a lot of holes to fill, so I don't think they're going to go completely overboard on filling receivers and tight ends here. I think I, you're right about that. And even if they get a quarterback, a rookie uh, in here, I think that whatever rookie you insert into this offense, they're going to love Trey McBride. They're going to want a big target. So I, I think that he is you know, locked in no matter what. Yeah, and I mean, we didn't we didn't see it like Joe said. We didn't really see it at the last year. It was still it was good. The performance was good, but it's not what it's been this year, where he's been you know coaxing people to championships and getting them you know past that gauntlet of the rough midseason tight end. I mean, it's just weird this year. We got Trey McBride, Dalton Schultz, um, Sam Laporta broke out earlier, but there was like a lot of like oh, and uh, who's the other Dalton Schultz and Dalton uh, Kincaid? All three of them kind of popped up at the same time like week six through eight. And so if you didn't have a tight end, i.e., you know, me in a couple leagues, or you had Freermuth go on IR, or you just didn't pick the right one, you really believed in Kyle Pitts again, you got a pretty much a free tight end in the middle of the year. And that I think that was what was huge for McBride and for these other tight ends as well, um, which we'll get to here in a bit. But For sure. And I would definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Joe's going to be all over this. This might be a good target in the offseason to – at least do a temperature check for whoever is the manager of him in your league. They may be willing to think that this, you know, maybe won't be this consistent forever. Maybe this was just a pop here. Might want to float out a trade or two because I think you're going to be able to get him a lot cheaper than you would, you know, some of the bigger names in the tight end space. Because I think Trey McBride is still kind of simmering in that lower tier, which I think he has the potential to be like we have him as the number two. So. Billy, I think you're right. And honestly, like if they do go out and get Marvin Harrison or they draft, you know, something along that ends, that's a perfect time to strike for a trade for Trey McBride because everyone's going to be running on that. But we've seen what he can do. We saw what he did in college. Fire him up. Yeah. Nobody with Sam Laporta is trading you in the offseason in Dynasty, but uh, Trey McBride might be on the table. Yeah. No, I, I think it might be the time to strike. All right. Number three on our list is TJ. Hawkinson. Now I ranked him at number two. Everyone else ranked him at number three. I did my rankings. So did Joe prior to the ACL MCL injury that he suffered literally this weekend. Um, So I do think that hurts him a little bit. I would love to know from an injury perspective, like how long he is going to be out, but I still think he has all and all the potential to be the number one tight end year in and year out. Um, and I'm not too worried about it. I'm keeping him at number two just because I think if he comes back at full strength, even the beginning of next season, that uh, he's going to maintain the pace that he was on this entire season. Yeah, we so, know who he is, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's the biggest thing. I mean, Laporta is killing it. It's We've had half a, or a full season of it now, but McBride, same way, about half a season. We know who TJ Hawkinson is. The ACL is very worrisome. In fact, I did factor it in when I put him at three. I just had the foresight to know something was going to happen. Nice. I'm just kidding. He's he's real solid. No, and this is one of those guys I don't. I still don't think you can even buy like with the injury or oh. alone. I don't think people are really selling Hawkinson and Dynasty, especially with Kelsey aging, um, Mark Andrews, and some of these other you know high t- high range tight ends getting a little older as well. Um, I just don't see anyone you know really trading Hawkinson, but. Even like I would have put it probably put him at three anyway because of and this is nothing to do with Hawk. I don't know what he is. He's tight end one year or going out on the injury. Obviously, it's gonna probably go down a bit. Um, and then you know, tight end two the year before. But the thing I hate, I don't hate for Hawkinson, but is a little bit worrisome is the quarterback. I don't know who's gonna be the quarterback next year. And that's my I just want to see Kirk back here. 
Let's just I, run I assume he probably will be, but on the, on the off chance that they go buy one or they end up doing the Derek Carr, you know, fill-in type quarterback, it, just, it depends on who goes there, in my opinion. And Justin Jefferson is obviously target one, especially for a younger or worse quarterback, you know. Yeah. So. No, I think I think you're right there. And, yeah, I mean, TJ Hawkinson is still in a very expensive you know, price at this point. See, the thing about tight end is you want a player that you're going to put in and you're going to have to worry about it. Like that's the, this is one position that you just, it's kind of like quarterbacks in that sense where like you want to get one and you don't want to have to think about it again, because the people that are struggling for tight ends, like that kills their team and they have to try to hope for the best. But Hawkinson is a guy that you can set and forget. And we all hope that he comes back um, at full strength to start the season. Um, speaking just, of the next real quick on oh, say one more time, just being in this offense. I mean, they are just constantly throwing the ball. That's what O'Connell wants them to do. They put Mullins in there. He's throwing the ball 36 times a game. They should be running it. What the hell are they thinking? We saw it with Dobbs. So we know whoever is back there is going to be slaying the rock. So I think Hawkinson's pretty safe, even if whoever's at quarterback. For and likely he's gotten six ish targets each game too, since, uh, Andrews had been out too. So it's not even like there's, there's not that role is still there. I'm no, I'm just saying like Andrews will be getting more. So the fact that there's still six, seven targets going to the tight end spot with some of these, you know, backup quarterbacks as well is still pretty impressive. Yep. For sure. Well, on to number four and currently injured also is Mark Andrews. Um, I'm proud of you, Josh, for getting us kind of prefaced there. Yeah. Spoiling it a little bit. Uh, Mark Andrews also has an ACL problem. Um, Listen, they're going to have to get rid of the hip drop tackle because the way to take down a tight end, no joke is to do the hip drop tackle. And as that gets, you know, taken out of the league, I think we might not see as many tight end type injuries that Mark Andrews suffered. Um, He is 28 years old. That is kind of a detriment to, but we've seen what Kelsey has done well into his thirties. So I still think you've got at least four or five good seasons out of Mark Andrews left. And with his chemistry with Lamar, I mean, I, I yeah, what, what more can you say? The, the guy is amazing. I'm not gonna lie to you. I mixed up the purple teams and I just, I just, no, I know I, I knew what happened. I was, I do. Uh, I've done that since I was a kid and I swear to God, I still do it to this day. I'm like, well, well likely still getting targets. I was like, that doesn't matter. Cause it's not the right team. I'm that's, sorry. Uh, Josh, I was. Um, I, I honestly though, Andrews is twenty eight. I get it. It's. I don't personally think that this is ever going to stop. Lamar's there, and Lamar's going to feature Mark Andrews. I, I don't know how long Mark Andrews is on a contract, but he's not going anywhere. I mean, he's their number one target. I mean, sure, Zay Flowers and Bateman and Aguilar and all the other ones have been doing okay, but there's still no like breakout number one target. It's Mark Andrews, and that's who Lamar Jackson is comfortable with. So. I don't think 29 is a detriment to Mark Andrews. I think he'll be fine. Obviously, you know, let's see how he recovers in the offseason, though. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, Mark Andrews, I think I have him at four um, also, but that's just because I like the upside of the other guys better. I, I like Mark Andrews. There's no reason he can't be the number one tight end every year. Yeah. I actually have him at number six, uh, but we'll get to my four and five the next two. But it's it's yeah, no detriment to Mark Andrews. It really isn't even the injury. It's just more of these other two, in my opinion, uh, get a little bit disrespected when it comes to dynasty tight ends. For sure. Um, all right, on to number six, and it is the man himself, Travis Kelsey. Josh had him at five. Joe had him at five, and I had him at nine. Um, 
I just think that there's only like one year left. I think we've seen a lot. I mean, overall, he has been a great tight end this season. And if you've had him on your team, you haven't really probably been winning because of him, but you haven't been losing because of him either, which is a strong thing to have in a tight end. But I just think as the season has gone on, I just don't know if he is wanting to play football much longer. So, like, I'm not going to lie if in July he's like, yeah, I'm out. I honestly would not be shocked, to be perfectly honest with all with both of you. Yeah, honestly, uh, that's the only reason I have him at even at number four. I mean, naturally, this is tight end one, tight end two. We can see it all the way down the last seven, eight years. Um, but you don't know how much longer here. And, yes, it's, this is dynasty. The thing is, is if you have Travis Kelsey, you're not trading him a dynasty. You're keeping him on your team until the end. I mean, you can try to flip him, uh, but that could that could pan out terribly for you. He could go right back to doing the 300-point tight end thing, and you just traded him for, I don't know. I mean, obviously, if you trade him for anyone above a, above him on this list, I'm cool with it. But uh, my thing is, is, this is the same argument for the Tyree kill. We got to rank him in the top five in any dynasty anywhere because they are a number one or a number two until they're done playing. Um, and I don't even think this is Travis Kelsey's fault that his numbers are down. It's Mahomes. It's the Chiefs. They did. If they would have went and got a fucking receiver, man, they would have been a team. I mean, that's what it comes down to. They've seen all the drops. They've seen all the silly penalties and everything. I think that's obviously hurt Kelsey's numbers as well. Like, yeah, he can be the guy and he can go get all those targets. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, there's got to be someone else that can do it on the team. And it's clear that there isn't. Josh, you're right. This team has the yips. Um, and it has spread like a virus throughout the locker room. Uh, Travis Kelsey is one of the... I don't know, 4% of NFL players that are older than me. So I want to see him keep going just so I can continue to uh, go on that. But no, I'm going to give Travis Kelsey the benefit of the doubt here. This whole team, it's been shit. It, he's got two more years on this contract. I don't see Travis Kelsey going out like this, especially where the state of the team is, because we know he's the leader on that team. So I could see him flying off with Taylor to never, never land and just – living out their retirement, but I, I really don't think that happens. I think Kelsey's back for the next two years at least, and he's going to be right back to where he was. I mean, you're, pro you're probably not wrong. I just – honestly, though, like you said, you're sticking with him till the end. I would try to trade him this offseason. I would not sell him cheap. I would not sell him for bargain prices, you know, send them a dollar and you get three quarters back. I'm not going to do something like that, but I wouldn't mind uh, – shipping him off this offseason definitely would be the time to strike if somebody's like salivating over tra having Travis Kelsey on their team. Yeah, you had him at you had Travis Kelsey at nine, by the way. I did. I stand by that. Can I interject um, with some breaking news real quick? I know it's a podcast, so it's the Broncos are expected to cut Russell Wilson in March. How is Ooh. that gonna hit their bottom line? I mean, they have to do it. They're they're saving through thirty million or something by benching in the last two uh, two games. Whenever I saw that tweet about if they sit him these next two days, they they save his like bonus or whatever that he would get. Then they still have to eat thirty million or something like that. I mean, it's it's sad to see because it's the end of an era for Russ. I mean, he's gonna go. He's gonna land on his feet somewhere. But like, it sucks that he is getting getting not getting that money basically. But at the same time, like. I get it. Like this team's not working. It's been two years at this point and it's, I'm sure there was, it was nice to see them kind of have this dream facade of coming back, which they still technically have a chance of. But at this point, I feel like they've all, but just shut that down. I mean, I don't think Trevor Simeon's leaving the promised land at this point. All, all right. Not. Future, 
future Minnesota Viking, Russell Wilson. Come on down. Oh, man, that's, um, that's so accurate, too. Oh, it's dark. Um, anyway, on to number six, uh, and that is George Kittle from the San Francisco 49ers. Josh had him at four. Joe had him at six. I had him at five. Joe, Pretty good. what do you like about George Kittle? What's not to like about George Kittle? He's an absolute boss in this offense. Um, the Niners do have a potential out from him, out from his contract after next year. It, they'd still be taking a massive hit if they did it, but they are kind of in salary cap hell. They got a lot of people to pay on that team. But assuming he's on the team, he's just going to keep delivering every single time he's out there. You know, it depends on the week. He might be the first option. He might be the second, might be the third. Uh, but, you know, his big games are going to be enough to get you over the top. And he's a very high floor. So George Kittle's awesome. Yeah. And so I have Kittle the highest, um, not by much. We're all pretty evenly spread on this. I, I feel like Kittle gets a lot of disrespect in the fantasy community for whatever reason. And I get it. It's not consistent. You're not getting 10 a game. But the thing is, is when you are getting those big games, it it really is huge. And also, we have to remember the 49ers were extremely lucky this year. They've been fully healthy the entire year. I mean, we had a game or two without Debo or Ayuk, but it wasn't a you know long stretch of absence for anyone Kittle also played the full year. I mean, if if there was something to happen to McCaffrey, if there was something to happen to Debo or Ayuk for a long period of time, Kittle's going to step right in and get a couple of those targets. Like, yeah, sure, right now it's a pick and choose whatever game plan works best or run game, pass game. Uh, maybe the tight end has a good matchup. Kittle's been doing it for three years, three, four years now of just elite production, top-tier production. Had one off year in the middle, I, don't, I guess six years two, three, four each year, except for the year he gets injured. I mean, that's just George Kittle, man. Well, I think what's been scaring people the most is just not trusting the quarterback. And we finally have a quarterback in Purdy with this offense that I feel as if we can all trust and we finally can see how this is going to work out. Because in the years past with like Trey Lance going into the season, we're like, how the hell is this going to work out? It ended up not you know, mattering because he didn't play. But we're like, how's this going to work out? And then with Jimmy Garoppolo – how the hell is this going to work out? Like we just didn't know. And with Purdy, how he's developed this entire season and this offense as a whole hasn't developed this entire season. I just feel a lot better with him now than I have ever with Kittle. So next season going into it, I'm going to be a lot higher on him going into it than I've probably been in the last couple of seasons, because this feels like a stable rock solid ground, which they haven't had there in a while. I feel. Yeah. I feel like with Kelsey, at least I think you kind of passed that, trade him for anything chip and now you just gotta let him you know finish out his career on your team but with kittle i do think he is a sell high for me right now uh especially after the season he's had i do like him on my team but i think this is probably the time to get out from under him um just to get something in return if you can only get a mcbride good stuff, plus, people only forgetting if good you stuff. can get like a mcbride plus like a running back or something just for kittle's name go for it Someone might pull the trigger on that one. There you go. Okay, on to number seven, and that is Evan Ingram. So Josh had him at seven. Joe had him at 10. I had him at eight. Josh, why do we love Evan Ingram? So I just want to say this is actually right where we draw that line, tier one, tier two. I know there's, you know, usually it's two or three, but this is right where the end of that tier one is. But Evan Ingram is clearly in and could be vaulted into that tier one. I'm sure he's 29 years old, but he had a really soft career on the Giants. He didn't really get a whole lot. His, you know, it's pretty, pretty bum years for the Giants as it was. 
he goes to Jacksonville and he looks like a wide receiver out there um, and a team that really hasn't needed wide receivers because they've had several on their team. Ingram's still heavily involved that it's, you see it by the targets itself. It's the, the consistent seven, eight, nine, ten 10 targets. Um, sure. There's some down weeks, you know, where he's getting five or nine, but honestly, if I'm getting, if I'm getting eight, seven from my tight end, I'm usually not upset. Personally, I like those bigger weeks, which he definitely has those splash weeks over the, over the season. Um, a little bit more consistency at the beginning of the season as well. The touchdowns is the one thing that's lacking though. Um, they don't use him as a jump ball receiver. Um, and honestly, it was Travis Etienne in the beginning of the year. Um, and at this point, they're just not scoring touchdowns anymore. So I don't know how Evan Ingram didn't get vaulted more into that, uh, you know, kind of goal line carry target guy. But um, regardless, I mean, his career has been phenomenal since he's joined the Jaguars. And I don't see it stopping anytime soon. I think there was probably some interest of with Ridley there. Is he going to be able to get enough targets? Uh, we'll see what Ridley did this year. It's been very hit or miss, but at the same time, even on those games, Evan Ingram's still having good games. So I think there's a lot left in the tank here. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Well, you can just imagine if he even got three, four, five touchdowns. I mean, he would probably be a top three tight end on the season um, without doing the math in my head real quick. But like, I just think like the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't very good around the end zone. So that's kind of probably what's been hurting us a little bit, but he playing, he's playing like a Cooper cup ish role, which is bizarre, but it works. And I, I mean, I've been enjoying watching him this season. Yeah. He's playing exactly like a wide receiver and Jacksonville needs that because they clearly don't trust anybody, especially when Christian Kirk went out, he's kind of filled in for even more targets. Um, we thought they were going to spread out a little bit. They have not. It's been the Evan Ingram show with a little bit of Ridley um, on top. Yeah, I had Evan Ingram the lowest, and I've just I've never been able to get excited about this guy throughout his career. He's not interesting when he plays. And then the Jaguars, I don't trust them at all. I don't get excited watching them play. They can't sustain a top running back. They can't sustain a top receiver. It's someone different each week. I don't enjoy it. It's sloppy football to me. So. I like Ingram. I'd be fine having him on my team, but I am just not the biggest fan. That's why I, I think you, I think you have to be excited for one. Christian Kirk was a top receiver before he got injured. He was consistent. Um, when Kirk went down, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened with Ridley. I don't know why it was like Ridley game, Ridley game. And then they're like, Hey, here's Travis Agnew or whatever the heck his last first name is. Um, Jamal Agnew. Um, I mean, they, they use such a weird, they deploy such a weird tactic. I mean, that's that dead Peterson offense it's hard to not be excited about this team um, just because of the sheer talent that's around Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, looks good at times. I mean, it's hard. I, I'm, I'm excited about the Jaguars team all the time. I, and I, I think the reason I, I have Ingram ranked so highly is because I had Calvin Ridley playing all year. I had Christian Kirk playing all year. And when I saw three straight targets to Evan Ingram, I'm like, why don't I have him anywhere? Why is this the one Jaguar I don't have on a single team? Um, I will definitely be dra drafting Evan Ingram in that kind of mid-tier next year and redraft just because I don't think I don't think anyone's like super excited about Evan Ingram. I don't like I'm not going out and making my dynasty trades for him, but I will say that in redraft, I will take Evan Ingram next year in a league for sure. I mean, it's just like that hundred targets in 15 games is just wild to me for a tight end. I mean, you don't see that. This is what Kyle Pitts was supposed to be. This is one of those Kyle Pitts moments where this is what we thought we would see from him. And yeah, the touchdowns aren't there, but I think the, I think that writes the ship eventually when they realize, man, we were bad in the, the goal line and we didn't throw to our six, three tight end who can jump ball over these five, 10 defensive backs. But right. Yeah. He's a um, high floor guy. That's all he's ever going to be. I don't, 
for sure. <laughs> this is uh, everybody's yearly reminder that Old Miss in 2016 had Evan Ingram, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Dawson Knox, and Van Jefferson all on the same football team and went five and seven. Wow. <laughs> it's just, you know, I've, I've, every time we talk Dawson Knox, Evan Ingram, or any of these guys, I just have to remind people that they had a freaking elite team and they suck. I just, it's bizarre to uh, go back and watch. All right, moving on to number eight. It is Josh's friend, Dallas Goddard. Josh had him at nine. Joe had him at nine. I had him at seven. Yeah, I wanted to put him higher too. Um, the only thing that's really holding me back is, I mean, he's one of the big three for the Eagles. He's always going to be one of the tar- the big targets that gets the ball. He's averaging 10 points a game uh, each each week. He's been injured the last two years. So I think that tight end 17 tag, the tight end you know 15 tag that he's going to have by the end of the season is going to actually, this is, this is my buy. Uh, in dynasty and I'm not saying trade anyone above him on the list, but uh, maybe a couple of these people below him on the list. You could get away with. I flipped Waller for Goddard in the off season last year and I'm, I'm happy about it. I mean, I'll take my 10 points from a tight end. Jeez. Um, what? No, that, that person was really just gave him away. It was, huh? Hunter. It was Hunter. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. You know how that goes, but no, I mean, honestly, it's not the sexiest. It's not what I expected whenever Ertz left. Um, but I really just love Goddard on the field when he's playing. And yes, there's some games where he just doesn't get the right amount of targets. The Eagles are finicky. We know this. Um, but the thing is, is the consistency for Goddard is going to always be there. You're going to get seven, eight points a game. It's going to be bigger games. Uh, there'll probably be some more touchdowns in the future. If Jalen hurts has to ever stop doing the tush push, but um, at the moment, that's going to stay for the foreseeable future as we see. Yeah. So that's funny. You said that he's a buy. He is a sell for me. He is rock solid on your fantasy team, but no, no, no. It's not even his age. It's that you said he's part of the big three, but he's always going to be number three. He's never going to be, he might have a game or two where he's up there, but it's always going to be AJ and Devonta. So, I mean, he puts up some big games. He's got the name value. He plays on a great offense. Those are all things people like. I would try to shop him. I just I think minus minus the injuries the last few years, I mean, which I guess in that point you could say something about his durability, although his broken arm against the Cowboys was definitely uh, the defender's play and not him. Uh, but he came back from a broken arm, broken forearm in like three three weeks, came back and played and went, went out there and had a, had a balling game. I think the thing is you're just not going to get a lot from him because people are going to go look at his stats on Sleeper. They're going to see 17, 12, 11. They're like, oh, he's not even good. I mean, obviously everybody knows who Goddard is, but at the same time, I think you're just, I don't, I don't think the value, I think the value you're getting to buy him is better than you're getting to sell him. Possibly. And he might be the rare buy and sell at the same time guy. He's just kind of a, <laughs> he's kind of a guy at this point. I just think, you know, having those other two guys, there is always going to keep him as an average tight end. Yeah. No, I mean, they, I think you, I... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Josh. This is the Eagles, so I don't want to I don't want to cut you off. No, you're a fan, I think. I don't know if you traded yet. <laughs> no, I he's well, back I on mean, Baker now. This, is a, this yep. is a bad jersey to be wearing tonight, but no, Goddard is is a buy a buy sell. I, I, I like both of y'all make compelling cases there. Um I just wouldn't give him away for nothing because I I hate to give away the floor of God of Goddard for something that may not have, you know, the exact same ceiling so yeah he is always going to be the the third option and i think if they add a receiver he might even be the fourth option kind of depends on who they add um all right moving on to number nine 
That is Dalton Kincaid from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Josh had him at 11. Joe had him at 8. I had him at 6. Um, I think that there is more meat on the bone here. He has not been good these last couple weeks. He's honestly probably killed your team. You probably spent a lot of, of your fab to get him. And when Knox went out, he was giving you really good games. He probably inflated your scores a little bit. And then he's completely, you know, got the rug out from under you, making, you know, you lose. But I think in the long run, a long scheme of things, Dalton Kincaid is going to be one of those guys that's used as a receiver on this team. And he is going to be because I think Diggs will be gone in this offseason. I don't see how he stays another year. And then it's just going to be a Kincaid because Josh Allen's not leaving. So until they add another receiver, I think this might be the best option for him. I think he's just going to – Josh Allen's just going to model Mahomes and make tight end his number one option. Yeah, I like it. I mean, we saw him be the PPR monster with Knox out. The only problem is Knox is, quote, unquote, a $20 million a year tight end. That contract is absolutely bonkers. They, the Bills do have an out after 2024, but we're at least going to be stuck with him for next year and just praying to God that Knox gets traded or cut after that. That's pretty much where I'm at. Yeah, my biggest thing was, like, he was he was one of those three, the big three that came out in the middle of the year after due to injury. And, um, I mean, he played – I mean, this is what we wanted to see from McBride last year when Ertz went down. but And we did see it. And then, honestly, I, I think people are – honestly, this is the real buy right here. People are jaded from Kincaid. They lost the playoffs because of him. I mean, you started in week 15 and you got a zero. And then you went out there and you're like, you somehow you skated by, you got it to you got to the semifinals, and then you put up another zero or one. Mm-hmm. And you're you're sitting there like, are you fucking kidding me? Like the, the promised land. And it's weird because he's actually playing, not getting the play when the team's doing good. And I I mean, there was of course the James Cook game in there, and you know, there wasn't any room for it, but you'd think that he'd still be getting you know, four catches for 12, 20 yards or something. You know what I mean? Like I'd take a six pointer in the playoffs, but I think that's what jaded me on Kincaid. Um, but yeah, no, like Joe said, Knox is there next year. And this is what, I, this was my problem with Kincaid and dynasty and, and well, more so for like, you know, redraft. I mean, obviously nobody kept Kincaid throughout redraft and really paid off for him. I got him in free agency in a couple leagues and I was happy, but um, I just, Knox is still there. It's going to be a competition for targets. Uh, Josh Allen really can't make up his mind what he wants to do with the tight end. When Knox was there, he wasn't using them. And then when Cade came out, they used them heavily. And then he's just stopped using them the last couple of weeks. It's just, it's a weird, Josh Allen's a weird quarterback, man. Sometimes he just loves throwing the deep ball to Gabe Davis. And sometimes he just likes checking it down to Kincaid. So. Yeah. You guys both use the word jaded and I want to use it because I'm jaded at Dalton Kincaid because I knew I was taking a tight end. I had a second round pick of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I knew I was taking a tight end. I did all the research. We had our rankings up. We had our mock drafts. And I was like, I'm going to take Laporta here. But every other place I looked had Kincaid ranked higher than him. And I took Kincaid and I'm kicking myself to this day about that decision. Yeah. And that hurts because you can't go back. No, that's the beauty of dynasty though. You have to just live and learn. It really is. Cause people in dynasty, like the draft of Kincaid was, a, I mean, it was a good move. It worked out for you in, at week eight, you know, but you know, week one, Laporta looked way better and what's still obviously probably to this day, but it's more of, it's those things that you can't go pick up Kincaid out of free agency afterwards. And like Trey McBride's been sitting on someone's team for two years and then he finally breaks out. So 
It's just that's what I love about Dynasty is there's no free agency to go, oh, I'll just grab him real quick. Yeah. Well, plus I love going back and looking at drafts where it's like if you look at a draft this year, Puka's went in the fifth round, Tank Dell went in the fourth round, and then you have like wide receivers and running backs, for example, that went in the first round. They probably haven't even been able to use yet because they're waiting for their turn or haven't gotten Quentin haven't Johnson. found the Quentin Johnson. Yeah, Quentin Johnson's a good one. Zach Charbonnet, even though he got a little bit of a run, but not enough to where enough. he was a, he was like a top three dynasty pick. And it's just those were really like the only two top misses there. I mean, some people had Jalen Hyatt really high on their list too. I mean, I would still consider like uh JSN. Like he's been a miss for me. I mean, he's had I mean, a we knew, we knew with JSN, we knew he had to wait a year. I mean, I mean we were still taking enough, him out in the fifth round. So it's just funny to look at that kind of fireball stuff. bet for 15 years from now. JSN has a better career than Puka. Oh, who's writing that one down? I, I'll, I'll write it down. All right, let's move on. Uh, one of the most controversial players for the last like three or four years now. Number 10 on our list is Kyle Pitts. Josh has him at 13. Joe has him at seven. And I have him at 11. Joe, we're going to let you start out with the what is to like, what is to look forward to with Kyle Pitts before Josh throws a bucket of water all over it. It's fine. I'm just, I'm still betting on the talent here. We know Kyle Pitts is an absolute stud. Arthur Smith is going to be gone next year, or they're going to have a new quarterback on this roster. So where he's at, we're going to keep talking about buys and sells. This price is starting to be a really easy buy low for me right now. Yeah, unfortunately, Kyle Pitts is still a buy for me, or is a buy for me at this point, I should say. A lot of red and yellow on this screen, uh, if you're looking on the video audience, but um, it, it, it's it got to be better, Like, right? I mean, we see flashes of it. We see big touchdowns from him. Obviously, the rookie year was actually pretty good, and these last two years, it just doesn't make any sense why he's bad. It's like they've tried to feature the one person. They featured Pitts his rookie year. They tried to feature London. It didn't work. And then they featured Ish Bijan in 2023. And uh, just, this team is just a dumpster fire. And if, if Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Bijan don't end up with some sort of close to a Hall of Fame performance by the end of their careers, I completely blame Arthur Smith. Yeah. Well, well, when Justin Fields is on the Falcons next year. Um, he's going back home to Georgia. He will unlock all of these guys, and I will be a Falcons fan. So, Oh, that would be such a sexy team. Oh, they're going to take Brock Bowers, too. <clears throat> you just know it. You just know it. These heathens are going to take him and hey, ruin his Speaking of Brock too. Bowers, I don't mean to cut you off, Billy, but we've gone through our top ten here. Where is Brock Bowers once he's drafted? Well, A, it depends on what team he goes to because if he goes Does to a team that needs if it if he goes to a team that needs a tight end, then I would say he's probably at least in the ten to not nine to ten range. Um, he has not had a great season, and he's had some lingering injuries, so I don't know how much that's going to affect him. But he still is a very special talent, and I don't know how anybody could go against taking him in the top fifteen. I don't know how, uh, where he's going to end up though. Well, we've seen it the last two years. We saw McBride get drafted to back up Zach Ertz, and then we saw Kincaid drafted to back up Dawson Knox. This just fits. Brock Bowers to go back up Kyle Pitts. And, I mean, to be fair, they threw to their backup tight end more than they threw to Kyle Pitts this year, so maybe Brock Bowers still breaks out because of Atlanta. I hate Arthur Smith. I hate Arthur Smith so much for what he's done to the fantasy football. 
Um, yeah, I mean, look, Kyle Pitts, we know the talent. We know the talent of Drake London. We know the talent of Bijan Robinson. We know the talent of this team. Uh, we just need Arthur Smith to actually use the talent because that's how they're going to win football games. He has chosen to screw over the fantasy football community instead of winning football games, which I find hilarious, by the way. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I The biggest troll job he's had this entire season is Bijan Robinson. He used them so much, and then the week one of the fantasy playoffs, he just pulls the rug out from everyone's feet, doesn't use them at all in that game against the Panthers, just to lose to the Panthers and embarrass himself. I, I can't get over this guy. I, I hope he is done playing or done being a coach after this year. Hate the Falcons. Always will. We need to make a shirt at this point, though. Yep. F the Falcoholics. Telling him. All right. On to number 11, and that is David Njoku with the Cleveland Browns. Look, if you had asked any of us before the season, not, you know, other than Kyle, the rest of us, we were kind of up and down on Njoku. There was some of us really were like, yeah, I think he's going to have a good year. And some of us were like, Deshaun Watson sucks. There's no way this is going to work. But it doesn't matter what quarterback they've had. And Joku has been able to weather the storm. And if you've had him in the fantasy playoffs, you're probably going to win your league. So, look, he's not had a great career, but I think now is the best in Joku we've seen so far. Yeah, he's the tight end one with Flacco. 24 yeah, points per game. The question is, what is this quarterback controversy going to look like this, this offseason? I mean, I assume they're going to at least extend an olive branch to Flacco and say, hey, come compete with us. I highly doubt it. But, I mean, honestly, they, there's a chance that this they make a run in the playoffs, and it's not because of David Njoku, and it's not because of Joe Flacco. It's because that defense. That defense is stifling. Uh, that team as a whole, I mean, Amari Cooper just broke the whatever single game receiving yards record. Like, it this team's is super exciting to watch and like honestly it's like the one team you don't want to match up against in the AFC like the Dolphins have lost big games the Baltimore I mean obviously that's arguably you know number one seed just took down San Francisco but I would I wouldn't want to play the Cleveland Browns dude like that is an ugly scrappy game you are going to get beat up on the defense and then you're going to kick to the mouth with David Njoku and Amari Cooper um Joe Flacco out here leading the way at age 50 it's amazing it's kind of like the Giants last season. They were just disgusting to play. Like, it, you, they weren't, you know, this team's a little bit more flashy than the Giants were last year. But last year, whenever a team would play the Giants, we would all just kind of be like, well, they're going to be stuck in the mud for four quarters. And it's kind of what it's like playing the Browns, at least uh, the, the opposing offense against them. Yeah, no, no arguments against David Njoku. Kyle, Kyle literally put me onto this guy. I didn't believe he existed uh, before last year. And um, yeah, no, it's been phenomenal. Even even before the few Flacco weeks, he was consistent, getting ten points a game, twenty points a game. It's been one of those like not sexy tight ends to start, but like if you've done it all year, you're at tight end six on the year, and you're probably like like Billy said, this is a freebie to get into the playoffs for sure. All right, we're gonna round out the top twelve, and then we'll go a little faster after that. Number twelve on our list, Cole Komet. Josh had him at eight. Joe had him at twelve. I had him at eighteen. Josh. Why do you love Cole Komet? Um, I just I'm excited about Cole Komet. I mean, he's still 24 years old after playing for three years. Um, I, I have to imagine, regardless of whether it's Fields or a new quarterback next year, Cole Komet has a starting job. I mean, it's really it's DJ Moore and it's Cole Komet and it's whatever rookie they get. 
we hope it's Marvin Harrison, uh, but obviously that might not, you know, be the, the play at this point if they do not keep fields at this point. So um, I don't know. I just big fan of Komet. Um, I know this, the touchdown numbers aren't super flashy, but the, the numbers themselves are. Um, it's just really a well-rounded tight end. You're getting six touchdowns, 700 yards, uh, 70 receptions, uh, tight end seven on the year. I mean, it's just one of those guys that like, Back-to-back tight end seven performances after, you know, being pretty much a no-name, no touchdowns three years ago. I mean, it's pretty amazing what Cole Komet's done, and I, I don't think anyone really pays attention to him. Um, and I, I think that's why I have him a little higher than you guys do. I'm actually kind of shocked Joe didn't. I apparently messed up the the numbers because I thought he would have him higher. Yeah, and I'm pretty high at Cole Komet. I mean, honestly, I think the uh, recent run with David Njoku kind of jaded me a little bit with that one. <laughs> to throw that word out again, but no, um, Cole Komet, he's as solid as it gets. I mean, he's, he signed a four-year contract. He's there for another three years. Love Cole Komet. The fact that we have 12 tight ends to talk about is just amazing to me. And we still have some guys, some big names off this list right now that if situation turns right, we could, uh, you know, see them being in this top 12. That's fair. Um, all right, let's go through a couple of these, tight ends here that are a little bit lower but you know still useful uh pat fryermuth is who we have at 13 jake ferguson is 14 joe you had him at number 10 what are you liking about jake ferguson i i mean dude i thought hendershot was going to be the guy at the end of last year i thought he was going to be what jake ferguson is right now but he got hurt i thought he was going to chew into ferguson snaps but he's still playing 80 percent of the snaps so we know Dak loves the tight end. We know the Dallas offense is going to continue to be pretty good. So Jake Ferguson's the guy. That's fair. Number 15, Dalton Schultz for Houston. Uh, number 16 is Michael Mayer. Um, I had him at number 12, so I'll mention a little bit about I, – I think that just because the season has been just horrible for the Raiders that a lot of people have kind of brushed aside Mayer. But look – they have Devontae Adams, and Devontae Adams is an afterthought in the NFL right now. That's Devontae freaking Adams. So if you think Devontae Adams is getting, you know, completely suppressed, then what do you think is happening with Michael Mayer? Like, I think that he's going to be a valuable asset going forward. We haven't seen it much this season, but, like, in the last game that they just won against the Chiefs, they didn't complete a pass after the first quarter of the football game. What are you supposed to do with that? Like, I don't know. Like, how are you supposed to judge a team on that kind of a thing? So I just think that he he's going to be better in the future. He was the number one tight end in dynasty going or in uh, fantasy football going into the draft. He happened to fall to a really bad spot. But I think that we just haven't seen, you know, had he ended up in Detroit or had he ended up in a, a better situation, I think we would be seeing a lot more from him, but he just happened to end up in one of the worst offenses in the NFL. So that's just kind of been a It's really just get this guy a quarterback, right? I mean, we know the talent's there. This is is the prime one. We know a lot of people that play in these leagues with us are less knowledgeable than we are. So float a trade for Michael Mayer, please. See if you can get him dirt cheap. I don't, I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, super consistent, but he's going to be better than he's been this season. This is another one of those teams in the Michael Mayer sweepstake or in the Justin Field sweepstakes. And if that is the case, look at Cole Komet's numbers and extrapolate that to Mike, Michael Mayer's. I mean, it's very, it could be very similar. It could be even better. We don't know what this talent is yet. We haven't seen it. 
Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is always a stop back, a stop gap year corner quarterback and AOC has been okay. Like, you know, but like the Raiders aren't the type of uh, organization to want to just be okay and just want to maybe skate to the playoffs. I mean, sure. What they've done has been phenomenal and they still have a shot at the playoffs, but what it really comes down to is they were trying to, they're trying to build something here and sure they have Devonte Adams for only a, maybe a year left, but they got Michael Mayer for the future. And so I am excited for this. They just, they, they need a quarterback and I wouldn't be surprised if fields ends up on this team either. So if they do, I still think it's Kirk. I still think Kirk's going there. Cause seems you like imagine Kirk. on the Raiders, if Max Crosby and Kirk cousins were on the same team, I just, Sure. Those post-game um, videos of the cigar smoking would be lit. <laughs> so I just had one more to bring up. Um, he He's number 20 on our list, but I think with the recent news, breaking news of the quarterback change, Greg Dolchich, we have at number 20. Last year we had him at number 10 uh, because we really loved the direction and they were headed in, but you know, they ended up making a move at head coach. Should we have him higher at 20 based on them no longer having Russell Wilson after this season? I mean, yes, probably, but I feel like the issue is not only the fact that Russell Wilson hates tight ends and Greg Dolchich. Um, it's more of the, Greg Dolchich was injured all year. The hamstring soft t- soft tissue injury uh, has just been hampering him. He had a little break, a mini breakout uh, last year, and it was really exciting to see. We don't know what this is going to be. I think 20 is perfect. The perfect backup dynasty tight end. I think he's a, a great addition for trades in dynasty like this off season. And like, yeah, yeah, let's, I'll, I'll give you Dolchich or I'll take Dolchich off your hands. You know, I, I, I need a tight end. You know, I don't think you're trying to pay over, over high for him. Maybe in the draft, you float a fourth rounder for Dolchich just to see what you can get out of him. But um, I, I'm hopeful for the future for him. I mean, Adam Troutman's not the answer. I don't think, People believe that in general, but um, it'll be interesting. You, you don't want to pay overpay for Dolchich at this point with his, you know, injury and small flash from the year before. Yeah, for sure. I just want to highlight uh, two guys real quick, Billy. I'm going to go back. I was about to, touch. about to ask you that, Joe. So I'm glad you went yeah. there. No, so Pat Fryermuth, um, we have him at 13. We know the talent is there, and we saw it five weeks ago. Can we please just get someone a quarterback? Get this man a quarterback, for the love of God. And then Dalton Schultz has been absolute money with C.J. Stroud. He could easily be higher on this list, about to be 31, but is he there next year is the question. I assume he is, yeah. but we do have a huge that one year. Right there. The one-year contract kind of hurts it a little bit, you know. I mean, the Texans uh, should have some money to go around. I mean, I could see that being the yeah, case. Everybody's cheap on that roster right now. They have a rookie quarterback, rookie wide receiver one, a cheap Nico Collins right now. Like, that, yeah, now would be the time to strike. And they're both their running backs. He's back just been a stud with Stroud. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even without Stroud, he's been playing pretty well. The last couple of weeks, he's had a pretty, pretty, good, uh, pretty good performances as well. So it's nice to see. For sure. All right. I have one more that I want to mention. And because he didn't even make Josh's list, even though I ranked him, that's Isaiah Likely. He's literally the handcuff tight end. There's one tight end in the league that needs to be handcuffed. That's Mark Andrews with Isaiah Likely. And I think if at any point you have Mark Andrews, you need to go get Isaiah Likely. You might need to pay a little bit for him, but he is not a bad fill in. And he gets, I'm not saying he's going to mirror Mark Andrews numbers, but he's definitely going to put up enough to where you're not going to totally miss the position and put in somebody that you don't trust. So I think he's the rare tight end handcuff that should be ranked. 
Yeah, and he's he's penciled in with that team for three more years too, which is just wild to me. I was thinking maybe this would be a good person to you know get off the team and start start anew on his own, but nope, he's he's linked up, and he really is. They don't they do not use him when Mark Andrews is out there. Like this would be a perfect team for two tight end sets, and you never see it. It would be. Oh, it's a bummer it's that really they would. don't do it. Yeah, that's my only right. thing is it's, I don't I don't rank handcuffs for tight ends. <laughs> Josh, do you have anybody that you want to talk about here at the end? Um, I guess we can talk about Luke Musgrave. Um, we kind of we want to see it uh, in Green Bay, and there, there's there were some flashes. I mean, there was nothing you know super. I mean, we kind of all ranked him in like the 17, 16 range. Um, obviously, got injured and hasn't played since you know about halfway through the season. There were some flashes though. I think there's something here. Um, obviously, going to be on the team for the next few years. Jordan Love's still pretty young as it comes down to it. So. Um, obviously a lot of wide receivers on this team, but I, I mean, it's, it doesn't really seem like Jordan love cares who he throws the ball to. Um, so I don't think there's a, you know, favoritism thing for really any of even the wide receivers, but for Luke Musgrave, maybe that's more of a play call thing in the future. And I think that might be a, a decent target over the off season. Cause you know, they see it and they see 300 yards and like, eh, he was okay, I guess, but just kind of a backup tight end at the moment in fantasy and could be something. I mean, I don't, I don't really have anything super impressive. Like he wasn't like the most impressive tight end in the world, but like if used correctly, he can be a really talented tight end in the future. But he was a rookie coming in and looked pretty good. I mean, I just want to know yeah. if that's going to continue because Muskrat looked really good. I do think Kraft played well enough that he's going to have somewhat of a role still, but I like this rookie uh, tight end thing. This can keep going. Yeah, it's interesting seeing this. And I mean, yeah, Tucker Crafts actually played pretty well too. Um, I just it's it's just I think it's Musgrave's job. It's just, you know, what's oh, gonna yeah. happen. They're gonna be one of those it's gonna be one of those splits, the Hertz Goddard thing, or you know, I can't think of a good mix of like I mean Ferguson Hendershot thing where it's just like, yeah, one of them will do it. I don't know who it is though. So I mean, I'm just excited that we had this many tight ends to talk about. Really it that that top six is elite and then the seven through twelve is still good. And still great, even potentially. So, for sure, I still right. believe well, in Chigga Conquo too. Just want to oh, throw yeah. his name out real quick. Okay. All right, we're done. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate your your last second uh, idea. Any Daniel yeah. Bellinger fans on the crowd? No, I'm just kidding. We're not. Gonna I actually, I was hoping, I was hoping with Waller out, it didn't work. Yeah, it did not. Um, all right, well, that's all we got for this week. That wraps up all of our dynasty ranking content next week we are going to dive back in to the 2023 nfl draft and kind of go through the first round and see if teams made the good calls the bad calls we're going to be ranking and grading um with a year in uh review type thing each team's draft from last season in the first round um that's what we got coming next week and then after that it's a full page turn into 2024 uh content and we are going to be hitting the ground running with all sorts of draft content coming at you and then we you know we got a couple guests that we're going to sprinkle into that are going to help us figure out some other things going into the 2024 season so boys that's that this is pretty much a wrap on 2023 how do we yeah, feel about years everybody yeah for sure well joe for the last time of 2023 get us out of here happy new years and good night